All right, my name is Sal Solorzano. I'm the Vice President of Total Cost Involved, TCI Engineering. I'm Jason Wilcox. I am the Marketing Manager for TCI, and this is the HRBB Podcast. Recording from our headquarters in Old Town Orange, welcome to the Hot Rod Five Boy Podcast. Back again. What's up, Chris? How are oh. you doing? Doing good, man. All right. Another good to day. see you again, man. It's, uh, we, we spent some time in this podcast studio this week. It's oh, nice. yeah. Logging some uh, hours. Logging some hours. <laughs> and, and, and we've got some more guests in studio. Yeah, today. no, this is cool, man. Pretty this rad, cool. man. We've got the boys from TCI with us today. Sal and Jason, how you guys doing? Fantastic, man. Thanks for having us out. Yeah, dude. Thanks for coming out. Doing great. Doing great. Yeah. No, it's, uh, we appreciate you guys taking the time. I'd like to talk cars or hot rods or whatever bikes whatever you want to talk uh, about we want to today. talk about the past the present and the future yeah man. yeah you know listening to some of the other podcasts and hearing some of the history it's it's incredible and i know sal's got story to tell stories to tell for days too so yeah yeah because yeah. well, i mean you guys are celebrating what 45 years 45 years, 45 years. crazy crazy to think you know older than i am man yeah quite, well that's uh, that's I'm, I'm 74 that's when i was born yeah well that's uh that's when the company started is was in norwalk yeah. Uh, in 74, so. Uh, and now you guys are out in uh, Ontario. Ontario. Yeah, okay. Moved there in 79 and, uh, you know, started growing the business there. And Norwalk was too small. Yeah. And uh, started getting more employees there. And, uh, you know, Hot Rods was hot rods were crazy then. I mean, uh, it was a growing business and growing marketplace. And uh, TCI wanted to grow with it. So Right on. How long have you been with the company? Uh, 35 years. Oh, wow. Congrats. That's awesome. Yeah. It's uh, been a journey. (laughs) (laughs) Well, definitely a hot rod business, uh, custom car business seen in 35 years, seen a lot of ups and downs, a lot of trends, right? Oh boy! <laughs> right, right. Some some that went away. Uh, yeah. so it gone. Well, I think yeah, we're full circle too, to where we're seeing trends that were popular yeah. a couple of decades ago come back. You know, I've heard you guys talking about the OBS trucks, oh, yeah. the square bodies. Oh you know, yeah, that's big. I I pull around the corner and I see the white OBS. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got right. a, There's another red one in the in the shop here too. I, I did. I was sneaking around a little bit out there taking a look. So yeah, we're redoing all the suspension on it because that thing was lowered. And that thing's a '95 and it was lowered in '95 with all that older technology so you know upgrading all, <laughs> all that the bell tech stuff yeah right <laughs> yeah and who knows some unnamed parts that we couldn't identify but you know i'm, I'm excited to i'm excited to see because that was like when i was a kid and graduated in high school in 92 yeah a little out of my range for what what i you know what i was trying to get you know it was cool yeah, I was just a couple those. years behind you too so yeah. i was having the same thoughts too or man these obs trucks are good looking trucks yeah but, yeah, I, I got that white one. Uh, I got it with 8,500 original miles the way it is. And I drove around a little bit, and then I decided just to tr- we had the suspension all worked on and just you know, got it the way you see it now. So just leave yeah, impression a few things up. So that's yeah, cool. <laughs> it, that it's really, on air out there? What's that? No, it's a static drop. So static. it's all. Nice. It's, so you got the Alden coilover uh, kit for the front, and then it's got a C4 rear end in it. Okay. Yeah, it was originally, originally had 15s on it. And then when I put 20s, it was just sitting up way too high. So we had Jack Frith up at uh, Fiction Fabrication in Bakersfield cut the rear end all out and move it all up. Nice. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Very so how cool. long have you been at the company, Jason? Uh, I've been there 11 years. Oh, right on. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, I started with the company just a couple weeks before my, my first kid was born. And, okay. And you know, been enjoying it ever since. Right on. That's and that, is that the is your only, the only kid? 
Yeah. Uh, I have two. Two, so, okay. I've got a boy and a girl and, of course, a dog. So oh, right got on. it all right and now. the boy's <laughs> doing the BMX? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, he got it started and now baby girl wants to throw down. There so, you go. You know, <laughs> I, you just cool. try to keep up. So he's playing ba- uh, baseball now. Right on. So, yeah, keeping you busy, man. Always. Well, you know what it's like. Oh, yeah, dude. I think, and I'd like to get my kids into more individual sports because I think the team sports are good. Yeah. But, you know, they, you know, they yeah. always throw around an excuse. Well, that was such and such's fault. They're such and such's fault. No, no, no. Not nobody to blame but yourself. Yeah. But go. also nobody to celebrate but yourself. Yeah. yeah. Right? So, it's cool. It's good. It's good to keep them, keep them busy, you know. Yeah. They're definitely not really into the car thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I told them I was getting a minivan. And they're like, come on, Dad. Why don't you get a cool truck or something? I have two trucks you guys don't think are cool. I know. I know. Go figure. Like, you got two of the coolest trucks. Yeah. No matter what you do, you're always going to be not cool. For sure. Dad never does anything cool, right? My my two girls were riding around on the floor of a 32 Ford uh, Roadster going to ride ones when they were kids. Uh, Two years old, my daughter was laying on the floor and, uh, well, we were driving around and going to Tom's Fun Run and doing okay, all yeah, that yeah. stuff. So they kind of grew up around it. Now they, they're not interested anymore. Uh, they're in their 30s now. Yeah. But uh, Now I think you get arrested if you let your kids yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> jump around times. the car without, you know. <laughs> that, was, that was a different time. Yeah, it was, man. I remember just, just it would be weird trying to describe to uh, your kids about riding in the back on, on a rumble seat, right? Yeah. 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 In the <laughs> back of a, of a hot rod. They were, yeah. what, what's a rumble seat? Well, we went to Louisville this yeah. last year with our square body seats in. Oh, okay. And we ran out of room, so we had two guys sitting in the back. Yeah. Blast from the past right there. That, that was high school, you know. And, <laughs> oh, and, dude. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're right? doing 85 mile an hour down the freeway. Yeah. And, you know, panicking, of course, but what a good time. Yeah. Right, yeah. SoCal, the summers, man. All right. Going all, to the beach. Hey, yeah, everybody pop the, the beach? Truck. Yeah. <laughs> You wouldn't even think twice about uh, no, dude. Like you're just like I got the window. Like you're just like. Dude, he carpooled. My buddy had a, his dad took us to high school, and he had a, a carpeted. You know, he had a shell on it, and with carpet kit in the back, and three or four of us piled in the back, and no big deal. You know, or or even just lunchtime at high school. You know, all right, whose truck are we hopping into? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I kind of like part of the safety end of it, you know, but I don't know. Well, you know, well, it had to be sooner or later, right? <laughs> yeah, we couldn't save ourselves, so somebody had to uh, save a couple. A couple people ruined it for us. You know, there was always somebody that yeah, ruins nice it. Nice things man. around here. Natural so, selection. Seat belts in a thirty-two. What is that all about? <laughs> right? That ain't uh, cool. No, no, for the most part, it, it isn't. Yeah. You know, I, I get it if you have to do it to register your car, but you know. That was something we didn't think about when they were first putting them together and uh, people were driving around. It wasn't required back in the day, you know, a long time ago, but, uh, you know, it definitely had to be safe, you know, over a period of time. Well, roads got busier, cars got crazier, everything yeah, faster, changed, yeah. faster. So, you know, it was important. And now, you know, nobody builds one without anything like that. But, uh, yeah, no, it, was, it was pretty cool. And um, my kids loved it for a long time. They, they enjoyed going to the rod runs and growing up around hot rods, and uh, it was cool. But they're, you know, they, <laughs> they had enough. They seen more hot rods and uh, more people are willing to lifetime. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's kind of like when you grow up around it. It's not, it's it's like your your hobby, not theirs. And then yeah. they, you know, they I guess they can appreciate it all in, in life, but then they get their own hobbies. They're kind of like me. I, you know, for me, I mean. I was always around the car thing, but then, you know, as I got a little older, music, and then that became my hobby, and then, uh, you know, photography, and then now bikes. Yep. 
So need a break because we do this all the time. <laughs> you know. So I saw you guys are hitting, uh, doing. You guys have a decent uh, show scheduled in, right? Yeah. Hitting we a do. lot of the good guys shows up. Yeah, we try not to wear ourselves out, but you know we kind of trade off. So our sales manager Evan, he does a lot of the shows. Okay. We try to support the dealers. So say we've got some dealers down south or on the east coast. They'll have our displays. Evan will fly in and work the shows on their behalf. Okay. We do still take our own displays and have our own booth in Columbus and Louisville. Um, you know, we kind of hit both of those with one shoot. You know, so it's kind of a twofer. But, uh, but yeah, West Coast stuff, you know, the good guys shows, Pleasanton especially. Yeah. You I, know, mean, I consider that like our hometown track. You know, we go up there and, you know, guys will come show. up to us in the booth and show us pictures of them loading up a chassis that they bought in the 80s. You know, and and, right. and now they're that the vehicles either done done now or they're they're moved on to a moved new project and they're else. buying yeah. a new chassis. But there's a lot of history with that show, and and it's it's something that we're proud to be a, a part of. So it's something we would never stop doing. You know, as much as you know, I don't want to say the shows are slowly, you know, the attendances are going down, but the good guy shows have been fantastic. Good guy shows have been pretty good. You know, they they put on a good show, and uh, you know. I didn't hit it really any shows up. We're going to go to Good Guys in, in Scottsdale. Nice. Nice. We'll uh, be there. Yeah, and you're going to go to the Get Down? We are. We're going to try to take two seats Because I saw you guys were going to both shows, right? Yes. So, yeah, so we're going to have a full crew there. So we'll have three guys. Tough, right? Evan, the guy I mentioned, he's going to have his little 63 Nova, the, okay. the hashtag little sweetie. Okay. Cool little car. you got to stop by and check it out. Yeah, go for a ride in it even, yeah. too. This is a car that his dad owned. Um, his dad passed from cancer, uh, so it's it's a family heirloom, and he didn't want to modify it for the number of years. But um, you know, it, I think the temptation finally bit him one day, so he put all of our Pro Touring suspension on it. And his buddy Don Codwell built him a nasty little small block for nice. it. Um, it's on E85, 427 inches AFR heads. This thing is wow. wild. But you know, we mini tubbed it, put some big tires underneath it, so we autocrosses it now. So you know, it, it's not so sweet. It, it's a monster. Really? <laughs> but uh, but the hashtag little sweetie, it, it kind of three. It is. Yeah, yeah little yeah. cars. You you yeah. can't miss it. I mean, it's that baby blue. It's got all the trim on. Oh right it. on. Gorgeous yeah. American racing wheels. Well, I'll you check know, it out if it's in Scottsdale cool. for sure. Yeah, yeah, and we'll be giving people rides in there too. But yeah, we're, so we're gonna have three guys working that booth, and then uh, myself and one other guy will be. Heading over to Dino's and, yeah. and doing that deal with gonna, gonna both do of that our trucks because I'm not I don't have a booth so I'm gonna be just enjoying it. We're giving out the Boycotting to Memorial Award uh, at at okay. Good Guys. So yeah, my plan is with Dino's on Friday, right? Yeah, and then show on Saturday and Sunday, Good Guys. Okay. What about you, Sal? You hit up any shows? Are you? <laughs> you, you oh, I. So I went to the first Good Guys show in Pleasanton that yeah. I had, and uh, NSRA had. Uh, it was in Bakersfield, so we had to split up the team and do both shows, and uh, so that's when I met uh, Gary Metters. And, okay. Uh, so it, it goes back a long time, and and I, I still do the shows with these guys. Um, you know, you can't beat going to Louisville and ten thousand cars, and you know, as Jason's talking about the stories. I mean, uh, Evan, guy, he's talking about our sales manager. He's been there for thirty three years. Oh wow! So that's a long you time. know these these same customers that we've talked to, you know, come back, come back every year after year, and like Jason's talking about Pleasanton. I mean, oh yeah, I bought this chassis from you in nineteen ninety four. You know, I, I met a lady in Louisville this last this year, and uh, she says I met you in Minnesota, and I bought my first Model A chassis from you, and it's got two hundred thousand miles. Oh on. wow! And yeah, that's cool. I go. 
that was the first year I ever went to the Nationals. Really? It was in 1984. Oh, the wow. first year I started was in St. Paul, or 85, actually. And uh, so it's just, it's quite, it's humbling when you go to these shows and you get to talk to the people that you've dealt with all these years. Uh, I mean, we've, you know, we have 50 employees and, and we've been doing this a long time. So at the end of the day, to go back year after year and see the same folks and get to see the generations of, of customers. Uh, yeah, now you, you know, got the kids of, yeah, the, of yeah, those people I mean, that you talk about. You they're know, they're we, building cars. Yeah, we, we made the migration into the classic trucks, into the muscle cars, and now they're, you know, the older generation, is they got the kids, and they're building the muscle cars, they're building the trucks, whatever's affordable. And, uh, you know, to be able to talk to, you know, generations of families, it, it's just unbelievable. And uh, it's kind of cool. It always gets me... Uh, charged up when i go to the shows because i've been you know been doing it a long time and it's not boring i mean i love it i always have um, but it reminds you of you know uh, the history of all this and you know what we've been doing and and how we changed uh, the way you know the market changed and we changed too and yeah um after all these years it's it's pretty cool when you when you talk to people and uh, they tell you a story and uh, you know going out and seeing a car that people put their labor of love into and uh you know, all their hard-earned money. I mean, you just you just stand back and go, man, you gotta love it. That's what it's all about. This no, it's about building. You know, building those relationships. Yeah. You know, and just you know, you've been in business for thirty. Well, the company's forty-five, yeah. but you've been there thirty-five years. That's a lot of relationships. A lot of people you talk to. Yeah. Yeah. When we when we do the shows in a, in a booth, I mean, I get I get tired at these shows in, in a good way because I'm just like I already talk a lot to begin with, so it's like you talk just. I mean, I don't know how many words come out of my mouth on a Saturday. <laughs> Get man. you going, yeah. just but talking because you you want to answer everybody's questions, and then everybody's got questions about my, you know, my dad, and and, and just all you know. So it's it's cool. It's well, a, you know, I was selling uh, thirty-five to forty rails to your dad in in the nineties. Yeah, <laughs> he used to come down and pick them up, and uh, you know, we were we were close, so we were building the thirty-fours and. 35 to 40 rails and uh he used to use them on a lot of his projects and stuff so um yeah i mean it just it's so weird to kind of be here today actually yeah. it's like man i i started to write down stuff that you know we were involved in things we were doing i'm like god that you know I'm, i'd be writing a book here i'm gonna be here all day <laughs> <laughs> well and sometimes i mean yeah i mean it, it's funny because you get you get people it's funny because the people that come on the podcast that are like, oh, I don't know, man. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. Those are the ones that just have have all the stories. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And you, you're, and, and we know. And Steve and I know how it goes. Like, we're like, yeah. We, the hardest part is just getting them to come, come out here. And I don't. I have nothing to say. Yeah, a lot of them I, haven't no even wants, been on a podcast before. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. go. I, I, no one wants to hear me talk yeah. and all this stuff. The next thing you know, we're just just having this conversation, shoot, yeah, and it's shoot, just like, yeah. uh, you yeah. know, because you start talk about going back that far on Good Guys Pleasanton show. Yeah. It's a long time ago, man. I mean, I was a kid when that, when that, that that first show happened. Well, I, going you know, ever I was, since. I was 24 years old, and when I, you know, I got into cars. And my dad, you know, he had, he was into cars. He fixed his own cars. He he did everything. He was a plumber, but he loved mechanics. So he always did stuff in the driveway. Always had me involved, and uh, you know, always loved the cars. And then when I went to, you know, high school. Um, <laughs> my high school shop teacher was Gary Dencham. He had a top fuel funny car. Okay. Had yeah. a teacher's pet. I mean, that, that <laughs> goes back. God, I mean, you're talking about the, 
the early 70s, the mid-70s. Are now. you you're a SoCal native then? Yes, I was born and raised in Southern California. Nice, where at? In uh, Norwalk. Oh, right on. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, Gar was right there in Cerritos. Oh, yeah, Gar. So Gar, Cerritos. Yeah. yeah. Did you go to Gar? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. Yeah, I went there, graduated there, and I went to Cerritos College. Okay. Um, all right there. Yeah. It was all, well, I live right behind Cerritos College. Oh, okay. So, Is I that mean, where you live now? Yeah. Still? No, I'm actually living on in Chino now because the shop's okay. in Ontario. Okay. Uh, originally, I was driving from Norwalk out to uh, Ontario okay. when I started working at TCI, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it uh, got into going to the races with Gary Ditchum, learned to work on funny cars. I mean, uh, he his shop, the curriculum there was building engines. I mean, I learned how to, you know, do boring blocks, all the machine works, cylinder heads, all that stuff. Uh, I was only 15 years old. Oh, and uh, so but that's the best way to learn. I mean, yeah. you know, especially if you're inter- you know, you get interested in something, you have a good teacher, then that's yeah. that's the combination right there. Cuz <laughs> yeah. some of these kids are interested in it, but then they got, you know, well, teachers, really funny teacher the, that's not interested yeah, it starts with in teaching them. Yeah. The so one, the one big thing was is he made us all our kids hold hands and get in a circle and he had a, a magneto. And uh, <laughs> so he said, "Oh, all you guys hold hands and and we're going to hold hands and then he grabbed and he spun the magneto, shocked the hell out of all of us. That's funny. <laughs> <We're> all, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Holy shit! What is that? <laughs> that's great. <laughs> little, little shop fun. Yeah. So it was, it was cool. I mean, uh, growing up around that and uh, having him as a teacher. I mean, I got the bug. I started building cars, street racing. Learned a lot. Um, you know, I was a mechanic for a lot of years. Overhaul mechanic. Got to learn all the different engines, build them rebuild them take them in out of cars i mean that was that was my living originally when i started and then uh you know got into the parts store business to support my habit of street racing cars and uh learned a lot about the parts and all that and uh the funny thing is is i was right across the street from tci at the parts store when uh, ed was down in norwalk so, okay um you know it goes back that far when when ed was there so um, but I didn't know him then. I could see, you know, cars going there and all that. Interesting. But uh, I think the biggest thing was my friend's uh, brother had a chopped and channeled 34 sedan. <laughs> and back in the day, I was like, okay, what the hell is that thing? You know, I was in my 20s uh, or, or, you know, uh, late teens, and uh, he took me to Mattel Toys. They had a, a uh, show there. And uh, so then we went there and. I saw a few more hot rods. I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool stuff, you know. So uh, it was interesting, you know, uh, when I first uh, was introduced to Ed. He goes, you know anything about hot rods? And I said, well, I know a lot about a 34 sedan. (laughs) 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 I don't know anything about anything else, but, you know, I know a lot about engines and uh, cars. But uh, he says, wow, that's pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, it, it, you know, it's it's been a long time, and it's been quite the journey. And uh, you're right. Hot rodding has its ups and downs, but uh, you know we were we were pretty blessed. We're, we're lucky. I mean, we didn't feel the last recession was probably the only one that we really felt. Yeah. Uh, even in the early that, '80s, we were so busy. The last crazy. one was pretty tough, and you know, yeah. speak. We've got SEMA coming up, but I remember what, it was 2008, 2009. Yeah. What, 2008 no. SEMA was pretty rough. Yeah. I mean, you could throw a bowling ball down any of those aisles and not hit anybody, and you know, now. Yeah, it's crazy. crazy. Well, and as a photographer too, trying to get in there and take pictures of stuff. Oh, now forget it. It's, it's you got to, yeah, you got to have a fisheye lens because you're going to have to be right up on a fender to be well, able to get a three quarter view. You actually got to get a media pass and and get go the early. after hours pass. Yeah. So you can go in there. 
and you know what the thing is the it's there's and that's what like steve and i talked about going to see him i'm going uh and, and i'm just gonna go walk around and meet some people and stuff but we talked about going there and gathering footage and doing stuff but it's like there's so much of that right now everyone's everyone's already covering it you know so yeah. you know like you said i mean getting any pictures of these booths or any of that stuff or you know it's just it's a madhouse there yeah and we try to do that you know we've got i think i've got 12 vehicles that i know of so far that are going with our stuff and you know i try to capture as much of that as i can whether it be with videos or whatnot you know and uh, you know like you said you got to get that early pass get in there and get your yeah. job done before the crowds get in there well you're an exhibitor too so you can you can get in there early we're, we're not. You're not an exhibitor. Oh, I no. thought you were going to exhibit so, this year. And because we have, like I was saying, we've got a fairly small front office, it, it's tough for us to do a lot of those outside-of-town shows. Yeah, because shows. is there a good guy show that weekend coming out of SEMA? So Pleasanton is directly uh, that weekend. So we, yeah, so we have got, a crew going to that, and then we'll be at SEMA. Yeah, So, it, but that's just a Saturday-Sunday show, right? Isn't it? It is. The yeah, good it's guy a show. So, show. So, yeah, you got friday to get up there right well technically yes and no so sema doesn't end for us on friday because we've got cars that are entered into oh. the optima event okay. at vegas motor speedway wow um, we've actually got a guy that uh, won last year in the gtv class efren diaz and his 69 camaro with all of our stuff um, and, and he was going to try to defend that this year and get two in a row um, but you know his car is going to another show it's going to be actually out of the country for the time so um, he, he's taken his entry and he's actually going to drive one of our cars, but unfortunately that puts him in a class that doesn't allow him to compete uh, simply because the rules state that it has to be owner or um, somebody that's worked on the car, builder, whatever. Can't, so. they, they can't have a higher So he's going to be yeah, kind of okay. exhibition. So he's, he's going to try to defend, but it won't technically count. But, yeah, so SEMA Friday night, like it's all fine and dandy. You know, we'll go and, uh, and do the ignited thing. But afterwards, that's when the real fun begins because Friday night we're heading up to – vegas motor speedway to do some racing oh nice i guess that's a segue into where this industry is going though yeah it's 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 absolutely about performance and you know like we talked about earlier too the safety end of things you know making sure that proper seat belts roll cages brakes right and of course we all want to go fast too so horsepower is always popular yeah no i mean it seems like it's it's been moving towards performance for you know last 12 15 years with the pro touring stuff absolutely that, i mean know? within a few weeks of me starting with the company we had finished a uh, a, a third generation uh, nova to take to super chevy super chevy's uh, muscle car challenge at the time it was called the handling challenge but yeah that was an eye-opening experience you know that was 2008 and uh you know, being able to see some of these cars do what they're capable of doing. And the, the amount that it's progressed in even in the last 10 years is incredible. You yeah. know, the cars that we were building back then wouldn't even come close to competing with the cars that we're doing now. So it's always nice. an evolution. But, well, but yeah, cool. performance actually is the starting point of all of it. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. funny that, uh, you know, 30 years ago, a coupe, the blower, was badass. That was performance. Now it's just not about going straight and fast. It's about going around turns fast and uh, being cool that way. So the muscle cars have introduced just a whole another epic uh, change in the in the whole industry. And uh, we've been we followed it all the way through. I mean, we do you know <laughs> the Camaros, the Novas, the Mustangs. Tons of Camaro stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, <laughs> there's. It's it awesome. seems like half the wheels I sell in a month are for Camaros. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not that much, but it's it's a lot, man. Yeah. I do it. Yeah. There's we've got like two sets coming through this week that are for a Camaro. Yeah. Well, there's there's 
you know, 69 Camaro on a 200 compound tire can pull 1.2 G's in a yeah. turn. I mean, all day long when it's set up correctly, has good suspension. I mean, that that is that's a Corvette. Uh, that yeah. is a new Corvette with modern technology uh, that that does you know equal to that. So uh, it's pretty fun. I mean, the hot rods were have been and still are awesome and they're a lot of fun but uh you know when we got into this we were doing the chassis i mean i remember when pro street was <laughs> we right. built our yeah. first pro street chassis did a 34 sedan for a local customer a friend of ours and uh, he was putting a blown motor in it and all of a sudden pro street was badass that was a thing to do and have fun with and uh, everybody wanted big tire and big motor and uh you know that that was a lot of fun i mean uh, we eventually went on to build our 34 coupe with a uh, big block ford in it and we raced we used to go to fremont and race and i don't know if you guys know fat jack robinson absolutely I mean, you know all we this, had his son yeah, john on uh yeah. earlier this year yeah so we used to race fat jack i mean uh, yeah that's had, cool man we had a nostalgia well good guys again you know right? nostalgia the, drag racing the, you know we had two different cars we had a 34 with a uh, tunnel ram four, uh, and a four barrel motor in it that ran in the eights and uh, then we built a double a supercharged 37 ford with a uh, blown alcohol motor in it that ran in the sixes wow so we did a lot of the good guys racing over the years and uh, you know that that came from the love of the pro streeting and the drag racing part of our industry yeah and they've seemed to always kind of support like you know especially like the autocross stuff hey look this pro touring's getting popular let's support the autocross end of it yeah because you know pro you talk about pro street and then it, like about 15 18 years ago when mickey thompson started bringing out those the the, the bigger tires right. the sportsman with you know for the tw 18 and 20 inch wheels so then guys were upgrading that and what i've noticed is the 20 by 15s for us with those bigger tires have kind of died down and those guys are taking those old pro street camaros and now they're making them pro touring camaros <laughs> yep Right. Well, yeah, we as long as they're not cut up too bad. Yeah, yeah it's a know. good option. Well, we were we started testing with the Super Chevy magazine in about 2008, and uh, we were doing the test out at the track out here, and they'd set up the slalom course, and you know nobody knew what these cars could do, so we were fortunate enough to you know start to see what they were doing and. Uh, we bought a Camaro and we first built our 68 Camaro, put some decent tires on it. And, you know, we built a wild tubular suspension for it, put it on the car and started doing some testing. And then the comparison was the late model cars that were out there, the Corvettes and the Camaros. And, you know, if you could go 47 miles an hour through the slalom course, uh, the 70 foot cones, uh, you, you were somebody. And uh, boy, we really thought, oh, this is really cool. And then companies started to emerge all over the country that, uh, you know, are building cars like this. And, and, boy, that whole thing just started to go crazy on us. And, uh, you know, sooner or later, it was, was not 47 miles an hour. If you couldn't go 49 miles an hour, you weren't fast. And uh, so <laughs> quite, quite a change. And uh, the things yeah. that we had to do, the changes that it forced us to make, to be smarter about it, how we approached it, uh, even the braking, you know, Will would had 11 inch brakes had 12 inch brakes had 13 inch brakes and well what the hell is a 13 going to do over a 12 you know well from 140 miles an hour you're going to find out yeah right because <laughs> uh and boy the rotating mass are a huge difference um, and then the 14 inch with the six pistons yeah so it you just, know uh, you know so doing 
doing all that testing and uh, was was awesome for us because we really got to see what these parts could really do and then the changes we could make being able to test that figure that out I mean that 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 was my era then I mean muscle cars street racing that was my thing so to be able to go out and flog a Camaro for the company and get paid to do it well, right you couldn't beat that <laughs> not a rough day at work there oh, right not, yeah. not it doesn't suck yeah. no it doesn't suck at all no that's so. that's cool because there's a I mean it, it just it seems like uh, uh, you guys in, in you know as far as chassis builders you guys are probably one of the oldest companies right as far as I think yeah. so. I mean, uh, Pete and Jake's would probably be another. But I mean, they've but, stuck yeah. with the street rod deal. You yeah. Know, but, yeah. But yeah. But they've also then they've changed hands right. as well, right? right? I mean, so we, we're pretty much. You know, people ask us, "Well, who's your competitor?" I'm like, "Well, you'd have to pick like three or four companies to, because we we do so much now. We do the classic trucks. We're doing the muscle cars. Um, but yeah, truly in the street rod industry." In 2006, we built 700 chassis in one year. Wow. We had 57 employees. Wow. <laughs> so if you can imagine that. Um, that's, that's a how, lot. That's how big the market was. <laughs> that's I mean, a lot. It was I crazy. mean, as far as work days, it was like two and a half, almost three wow. per work day. How many guys did you have working for you at that point? 57. Really? Yeah. And how many do you have now? We have 50. Okay. Yeah, we still have 50. And, uh that's kind of the sweet spot for us. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, we're still so passionate about, you know, getting it done for the customer, having things in stock. So, you know, at 50, because we have our own technology now, we do all our own cutting in-house. We make all the cross mirror. We don't go out of house for hardly anything. Nice. So that has enabled us to really cut our lead time down and promote and delivery well, time. Control the quality and, and control the time, all of it. right? Yeah. So that that's helped a bunch. So. 50s kind of the sweet spot i mean if the market went totally out of control and we couldn't deliver in a timely manner then we'd, we'd look for more but yeah. you know this uh this craftsmanship that we have now and you know the industry has it's kind of a dying art i mean people don't you don't get kids out of school wanting to do this stuff i know and if I, you can just grab some kids you know in high school going hey if you college may not be your thing let's go i'll go teach you how to weld you yeah, know? we do. We, you know, we try to bring in as many of the local colleges as we can that have welding classes or fabrication classes. There you go. And have yeah. them come in and, you know, and, and if they've got a passion for it, they're in school for it. You know, bring them on and show them. Yeah, because there are still six companies months to that, a year in, in, you know, in a trade school. I mean, get you on the path to making some money. Exactly. You know, and in and producing stuff. You know. Well, we were <clears throat> we were participating at Mount Sac on the, going to the board meetings to so to show the value of having these types of welding classes and doing that kind of stuff and uh you know the state of california was you know was watching the money for the schools and so we we kept going and uh we showed up to the board meetings with other manufacturing companies that needed welders and needed people to be able to do this stuff so um you know we we try to help keep that going we actually hired um i think four four of the students out of the school um, and when they could see that, oh, that look, that's promoting job welfare here and uh, really, you know, keeping it's making a difference in the manufacturing industry, then, you know, we, we need to stay involved in that. That's good. Supporting. No, so, that's really good. So you work with uh, Mount Sac then? Yeah. Oh, oh cool. Yeah, and that, they had a program over there, a welding program. Uh, we knew the teacher there. He built a couple Model A's, so he was in the hot rods. And, you know, I don't think the kids knew what it was exactly what they were working on at first, but... You know, it just keeps people interested and, and engaged in the, the classic cars and, and all the muscle cars as well. 
So um, anything that we can do then be involved in, uh, we try to help with that because, uh, again, we need resources too. I mean, with the economy the way it is, you know, people are, there's opportunity and you got to keep people engaged, take care of those employees and, uh, you know, make sure they're having fun doing this stuff. Yeah, because, you know, even, even at 700, you know, 700 chassis in a year, given the range of what you do, I mean, people talk about automation all the time and people's yeah. jobs are replaced. Even 700, that's still a far way away from getting robots in there to do it, right? It's all yeah. hand done. So I had you the know? guy with the robots come out and uh, <laughs> quote us. Yeah, yeah. Because we're literally, you know, thinking that's what we needed yeah, to I do. Yeah, I mean, for certain parts, and, maybe, uh, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and with a robot, it's all about uptime, right? you got to be running it at 90% to get your money back out of that robot. And, uh, you know, we're not doing 100 or something. We're doing 40 or 50, and uh, the setup time and all that, you know, was, in, was part of the deal. So we're like... So I'm going to watch you guys work, and, and we're going to see what your uptime is. And uh, it came back at like 83% because the fixtures and the tooling we made were, you know, hand user-friendly. And uh, the guy goes, ah, I don't know that I can sell your robot. <laughs> you guys are pretty good at this and yeah. pretty fast. So, um, yeah, we've been through those changes and looked at that kind of stuff. Even welding the rails. I mean, there's 48 feet of welding in a Chevy pickup chassis. Really? Uh, yeah. and, and a pair of rails. So that's not the rest of the chassis. That's just the rails. Wow. And it's, so. and it's in three different fixtures before it leaves the shop, too. So it's in two rail fixtures and then finally the chassis fixture. So wow. by the yeah. time it's in the chassis fixture, obviously, it's fairly heavy. So, I mean, we're using lifts to get them where they need to go. So it's definitely a time-consuming process that humans have to be involved with. Well, I need to come out and check it out. Definitely. Another field trip. I mean, just the fixtures alone, yeah, are incredible. I mean, we've got literally a whole bay inside one of the back shops that's just fixtures. I mean, anything from engine mounts to control arms to Nova front clips. Yeah. Um, And and we try to advance them, too, over the years to try to save labor and save money. Um, But, uh, you know, making them rotisserie or whatever to where they can get bottom and upper welding points. So. Everything, like we said, is an evolution. You know, if we can save labor, we can save the customer money. So. Yep. It's funny. I put a post up on Facebook. We're we're putting a turbocharged four-cylinder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what is the it? The 2.3 Ford. Ford. E- EcoBoost. Yeah. Yeah. In a, it was a pickup, right? Yeah. A 37 a, Ford 37 pickup. Ford pickup. I'm yeah. like, man, has technology changed? Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the amount of engines and fixtures we have now with all the coyotes all the variables they have with the ford chevrolet drivetrains the new lt4 i mean it's like geez i I remember back when westcott made the only body really walker radiator made the only radiator i mean and you know it there was just a few right so when you went to set something up you could actually make a fixture and say okay hey they're all going to fit and now you know even 15 years ago there was I don't know, 20 fiberglass body companies and, you know, 20 different radiator companies. And people are like, God, you know, I bought this, this, and this, and it, it don't quite fit the way it's supposed to. I'm like, uh, well, what did you use on that thing? And, uh, well, okay, I use this company, this company. We don't know all this stuff. So, you know, we're, we're probably going to start tacking motor mounts in now because we have no idea if you're going to use a front runner, or long water pump. Show. I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah, there's a lot more options now. Yeah, so it's just uh, more. Thank God for the muscle cars. That that certainly made our life a little easier because a Camaro is a Camaro. It's a big block Chevy, small block or an LS, and they're not too different from each other. But uh, 
boy, the hot and but the hot rod guys, they were different. They didn't, they didn't care. They were like, hey, I got to weld some. I don't care. You know, right, we'll put yeah. those in. Don't worry about that. We got that covered. Um, but nowadays, you know, it's the bolt-on systems, and that's what people want. That's what they expect, and that's what we provide them with. But at the end of the day, it's, it's quite quite the change from you know back in the day when people had the welders out and they, they could do whatever it took. And I'm passionate. I'm a hot rod guy, and then I know how to do this stuff. So yeah, and there's a lot more. I noticed there's a lot more especially in the last 10 years, just a lot more shops, a lot more smaller shops, you know, yeah. because, you know, they're, and, and a lot of them are just like, uh, they're, they're considered hot rod shops, but they're more of assembly shops. You know what I'm saying? I mean, cause you guys make it easy. They're buying the chassis from you guys, the motors here, you know, got call me for wheels. Well, right? and even and from the motor or metalwork side, you know, where guys can have a four by four plasma table in their own shop. Yeah. That, you know, that technology, 10 years ago, sure. that, wasn't so much but yeah. nowadays i mean it seems like everybody's got their own ability to break things bend them just the, you know. the cost to entry on a lot of that technology's come down you know then now 3d printing who knows where that's going to take us you know right. being able to make your own little and then you know the laser metal centering and all that stuff i mean you'll be able to make these 3d parts in your you know yeah and, and you know what trust some of it when we've <laughs> seen what we've made changes to over the years and evolved to and improved upon you know, there's some scary things that we've seen over the years that others have done. And, you know, it's, it, it is what it is. There's always going to be somebody out there thinking that they can do it, whether they should. I don't know. But, you know, we've, we've learned a lot um, over the last few decades. I've seen some of the old catalogs and the evolution of some of our parts from strength and bigger ball joints. And, you know, again, the, the pressures that we put on these suspensions for the autocross and the road racing, it's incredible. Yeah, so if, if it holds up, you're testing it on the autocross. If it holds up on the autocross, it's going to handle it. Exactly. For, for the average guy just going to car shows. On the I, I mean, you know. we may not be first to market with a product, but once we are on the market with it, we know that we can stand behind it and that it's going to be safe for somebody to go out there and go 150 mile an hour into turn one at Auto Club Speedway. Um, or, you know, 163, I think, is what Ed 67 Mustang yeah. actually did. Oh, really? so 72 years old, you know. 67 Mustang, you know, going into turn one on a, a road racing day, running the Roval at Auto Club Speedway, you know. Yeah. It's all about testing. I mean, at the end of the day, that's our biggest thing is to make sure if we haven't beat it up once or a hundred times, you know, it's it's just people are not going to have problems. And the biggest thing about us is understanding, you know, even the maintenance side of having a vehicle like this. I mean, a pro touring car, if you're going to go autocross and you're going to do go have fun like that, um, you got to be able to make sure the car is, you know, sound. And I mean, I don't care whose stuff you put on it; it, it, it has to be maintained. Uh, when you start pulling those kind of g-forces on a track like that, and uh, that's what we have to understand as a manufacturer, so we can relay that to people and and make sure that you know they know that I'm going to go do this thing. And and oh yeah, by the way, you can't just park the car in a garage and continue to do this unless you're checking things, you're making sure everything's all right, and you know, that's just a good, sensible approach when you're going to go race something to make sure everything's tight and, you know, you've gone over everything. I mean, the street is hard on a vehicle going up down driveways, articulating the suspension, but at the end of the day, you got on a track and you start pulling those kind of Gs, Gs. then you've got got to make sure that that car is sound. And uh, we have customers that, that race relentlessly now and put, you know, we have a customer that has 60,000 miles on a 68 Camaro. He went to the Circus of America 
to race the F1 track with his Camaro, oh, went really? on the road course, drove it there from Huntington Beach, raced the track, raced all all three days, and drove the car home. And he's like, oh, my God, it's got air conditioning, LS1. I mean, just a great car. But, you know, he's out every other weekend on an autocross course. And he knows that, you know, I got to just keep watching over my car. And uh, one of the things we do is we, we kind of understand now, you know, how often you have to take care of you know, to do things. Check your wheel bearings, you know, make sure everything's okay. There's a lot of different metals, you know, wheel would break, all that stuff that keeps moving around, changing when it gets hot. So, you know, people need to look out for that stuff. So it's it's been it's been great partnering with the teammates we have and running these cars and really putting them to the test. And then it gives us and our customers so much confidence that, look, man, those guys are just beating the hell out of those things. Well, oh, it's the years of experience, too, because I'm sure you can look at some setup that somebody wants to run and go, that ain't going to work. Yeah. Uh, you, you don't want to do it like that. I mean, I can look at a wheel design and just go, that's never going to pass. Yeah. That's not going to pass test. And then, you know, I mean, it's just from experience. I mean, because I've seen stuff fail that you go, there's no way that's going to fail. Yeah. And you send it out to test and you're like, how did that happen? <laughs> you know, you're like, that should have never happened. Yeah. I mean, you've seen that a few yeah. times, but then, you know, there's stuff where you go, that's not going to fail. And someone goes, yeah, no, it won't fail. It won't fail. And you go, yeah, it's going to fail. And you get it. Damn. See? Well, it's funny that, you know, even shock absorbers, we were testing them at three inches per second, you know, and that was the that was the threshold for everybody in the shock business. And now it's 20 inches per second. Really? On a car that you're going to drive on the street. 20 inches per second. Yeah. So that's just up rapidly up and down? Yeah. Yeah. And that's how, how you, you, on how a shock you... dyno. Yeah. Wow. Those shock dynos go that fast? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's like... 20 inches per second. You're never going to see that unless you're on uh, your Robbie Gordon in an off-road truck, you know. Uh, but it's sure true to form when you're on a wow. track and you're racing. How hot's that shock Going is. that fast. It get, oh, yeah. yeah well. Some of these shocks, we've got external reservoirs on and trying wow. to run as much nitrogen as we can. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, you just got to... <laughs> it's it's amazing the things you learn. And, uh, you know, you, you break stuff. You go out there and you're running it so hard that... You know, it'll fail if it's not the right stuff. And uh, at the end of the day, that's, that's what we're all about is making sure that customers are getting the quality to do whatever they want to do. You know, the stuff we have in our cars, we didn't go out there and make it special. It's not special. It's what we sell. And that's what we continue to do is develop those programs so people get the latest technology and they're not going to have any problems. We have a six-year, 60,000-mile warranty on all of our products. Really? Yeah. Every ball joint, tie rod in, That's rear end, yeah, everything. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, we made the joke that we were we were doing it anyway, so why not advertise it? Yeah. You know, yeah. customers will call up, hey, you know, this thing's been sitting in the garage for a few years, and the bushings are just rotted out. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's fine. So right. we were doing it anyway, so why not advertise it? Yeah, and, and you know, I mean, that's why we use, like, the quality products. We use, like, the coatings, the Cerakote uh -huh. on our, our wheels. And people go, well, what's the warranty? And I go, I don't, to be honest with you, I, I mean, it, it's lifetime on the structure of the wheel. But yeah. as far as finishes, I don't have one. And they're like, well, what what, what happens in a year if it if, if it starts peeling? And I go, well, I've been using this stuff for seven, eight years, and it, I've never had that happen. So if something happens, I'll, I'll handle it. But, yeah. you know, it's like... Yeah, when you you invest that kind of money in a product, then people want that assurance, right? Yeah. They want to be confident. Uh, and why wouldn't a rear end and a brand new front end last sixty thousand miles? It's brand new for Christ's sake, yeah. you know. So it was a 
a little interesting when I brought the conversation up about doing it, but, you know, we started looking at our return. We, we don't have any. I mean, this yeah. stuff works, and, you know, it doesn't come back, and, you know, we thrash the crap out of it. It don't come back. I mean, uh, as long as it's maintained right and serviced, I mean, you know, it's going to last. So. Yeah, because, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, warranties like that are kind of unheard of or ha- wor- used to be unheard of in the hot rod world. It's, it's a hot rod, you know, it's, it's like whatever. What do you mean? And it's a warranty. testament to the vendors that we use. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, we products. don't get cheap stuff. You know, yeah. our bushings all come from energy. Uh, the bu- ball joints are all from Moog. Um, you know, Sal could probably expound on some of the other ones. But, I mean, these are good vendors that yeah. we've been with. They've been with us for a long time. And they're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. So why not? Yeah, it makes I just, sense. And just like with the red truck, we're redoing the whole front end, and it's just the ball joints were need to be replaced. And so we just I, I ordered from Summit uh, the Moog uppers yeah. and yeah. lowers. They come loaded with the bushings yeah. and the ball joints. Why not? I mean, I think you know it's like less than four hundred bucks ship for the whole the whole set. Yeah. Yeah, you know? I think that you know when people look the way things are now, I mean, you you have to have good product, and when you stand behind it. It speaks volume about the company, and it gives people confidence. I mean, it's people's hard-earned money. It always has been. At the end of the well, day, and it's their lives too. Yeah. You don't, you don't want any, some, yeah. some big liability, cheap, cheap part blown out on yeah. when somebody's got their family in their car. You yeah, know, there are so many companies out there selling stuff from overseas. We just look at that stuff and go, "Oh my God, that's interesting." But you know, at the end of the day, we we don't do it. I mean, yeah. it's just something that uh, having full control of it. it our place has has made a big difference for us. We don't make ball joints, but we use the best ball joints. Yeah, you know that that kind of stuff. I mean, uh, you couldn't find an OEM rotor that isn't made overseas. So some stuff you don't have any choice. You There's know, some you, stuff that yeah, it's and not that it's, it's all the junk i mean when you buy no there's some good stuff i mean it's i got my you know i i try to support america as much as i can on american made product but there's certain things that have come a long way because there's you know i think of the wheel industry i i really get sick about a lot of the chinese (laughs) wheels that are out there because the majority of aftermarket wheels are made in china but the american companies went there and and established these factories and and put china it wasn't like they were already making these wheels correct you know, it's like no, we you know, we did it ourselves. We moved over there, so there's some good product coming out. You know, yeah. I but I'd like to see it made here. Yeah. Well, I think you know, I think uh, you know the American companies. I mean, you look at the staple companies in this street. You know, your your guys's wheels. I mean, billet specialties. You yeah. go back through these companies that have been doing this forever and that you know really built that core business doing this stuff. And it's like wow. I mean, that those. Those are the ones you want to be associated with. I mean, we use Rytec shocks. They've been around forever. Willwood brakes, Curry rear ends. I mean, I was All going, great companies. Yeah, I mean, I was going to John Curry's house in, <laughs> in, ni- in the 1980s. He had 3,000 9-inch Fords stacked up in the backyard. Wow. And they were redoing it um, for whoever, you know, whatever it was needed for. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, well, there you go. Those are original Ford products that are being cut up for hot rod stuff and uh so yeah i mean uh and still today that we're using courier rinse i mean uh it's, it's a great product it works good for us and that that's we associate our ourselves with those companies that have been staples in the industry stand behind their stuff and that's what a customer gets from us so uh makes it easy to warranty your product when you have great stuff like that right yeah when they when they they know you know they're going to be behind you. Yeah, it's. I mean, it helps you sell the product too because those are recognizable brands. Right. 
and, and you know, I mean, instead of someone coming out with, oh, who makes these ball joints? Oh, there's no name, you know, no name behind it that you're going to recognize. And that's you know? always the question is, you know, if I have a issue on the side of the road, can I go to the local store and get them? And, you know, that's ultimately what we want. We want them to be able to get those parts in an emergency, but, you know, we'll cover them, you know, regardless. So whether that be reimbursing them on that situation, but, you know, we're not trying to build something so exotic to where they have to come back to us for some of those replacement items. Yeah. You know, and, and that's kind of some other where they go way off the beaten path to where, you have to go back to them, you know, and, and, you know, again, we've been here around 45 years. There's, you know, we don't really get that question of, you know, well, are you guys going to be around in a year or six <laughs> right, months? You yeah. know, that, that's, that's not really something we have to deal with at all because we have been around so long. Yeah. That trust and confidence. No. I mean, especially going to all the shows, they know they see you at the shows. And I mean, yeah. you know, it's just, I mean, for at 45 years in a, in a in the industry, you're, you're, you know, definitely one of the, you know, one of the top names and a name that people, you don't, who? TCI? Who? You know, they don't, that yeah. doesn't happen, right? If anything, they confuse us with the transmission company or torque converters. <laughs> oh, you know, we get that a lot okay. with the hashtag TCI, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. But, uh, well, I mean, but, but you all, I mean, you guys, TCI is the abbreviation, right? But you guys call yourself total cost involved. Right? Yeah, or so, TCI engineering, you know. TCI two, engineering, so, yeah. Yeah. Actually, because of them. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a whole other story. That's a whole other story. Yeah. One of the, <laughs> and a lot of money. Yeah, but, I've, been, uh, I've been involved in a lot of those things. Yeah, that, that's you an know. interesting deal. Yeah, right? You know, that's funny. We talk about the legacy of the company and, and uh, you know, the stories that we have. But, you know, me and the sales manager, have when we, we're at the shows and people see us, you know, again and again and again, man, you're still there? Yeah, well, you know, you can't sell slaves last time I checked. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're like, wow, are you kidding me? We're just kidding. No, we're just having fun. But, you know, that's a testament to just you know, your passion for it, but yeah. also with the company, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. when you can stay with the company, I mean, even 11 years, you yeah. know, I mean, we there's so many people in our industry that just kind of bounce around, yeah, you know. And you said earlier that there's a huge turnover in this industry. Yeah, there really is. And, you know, I was surprised, you know, coming in. Again, like, I've only been with the company 11 years, and I say only 11 years because I'm like a freshman compared to the rest of these well, guys. Yeah, you're saying you're 35, and then the, the, the sales <coughs> yeah. manager's about 33. 33 so we, we have 20 employees that have been there over 20 years. Whoa. So you said earlier, I think off mic. The, the yeah. average is actually about 25 years of those 20 top employees. So you're the new guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I really am. You're and the when newer I go to the guy. shows and I hear them, these guys come Girl, up. Who's just, this kid? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you where, where's Evan and where's Sal? There's a total of like 50, 450 years of yeah, experience. 450 years together. of experience. That's, that's just with crazy. those top 20 people. Just with the top 20 people. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. But yeah, it always blows my mind when I go to these shows and, you know, guys come up and it's a family. You know, even Louisville, you know, Sal got a call from a company, uh, a customer, Mike Oakley. And, you know, he passed the message to me, whatever, give the guy a call. I called him, right, maybe a couple weeks before going to the Street Ride Nationals this year. And and the guy's story was really neat. I'm like, man, we, we've got to catch up. So I got his number, and at the show, I, I made some time, went out there. And, you know, hearing this backstory, and, and it's just one story out of 100 that you'll hear throughout the year. But, you know, this guy bought the chassis from us when we were still in Norwalk. Oh, so. 1979. Yeah. A and this might touch Steve a little bit, but, you know, I, I grabbed my video camera and, you know, got him and his wife, mic'd him up and, you know, talked to him for 30 minutes on camera. And, and, and it was an incredible story that, you know, life happens, you know, and, and not to go back to the warranty thing, but, you know, life gets in the way. And so 1979, 
They finished it six months before bringing it out to the show this year. Jeez. 40 years it took them to put oh, this thing together. And, and, and the passion that behind it. How many of us have sold projects over the years because Dude. they sit or whatever? Oh, yeah. 40 years. He, he put his oh. kids through college. Got them out. What a out painful and, and, project, though. You know, <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean. You know, he, he really went after it in 2016. And, you know, it, the old story of it, he took it to a shop and they just messed around with him and empty promises. And it finally bounced around to one of his, one of his club members that used to build cars stood up and said, you know what? I'm going to help you out. So it was just, it's really neat hearing those, those stories that these guys, you know, remembered Ed, remember talking to him. The guy had his invoice still with him. Oh, wow. You know, and, and that's always cool. I like seeing those when customers go, hey, I, I, yeah. let me send you my original invoice. Do you, you know, because people, I mean, you know, I've this Hot Rods by Boyd, I started back up in 2011. Um, but, you know, like people go, do you? I have my original receipt. Don't you have me in your computer? I'm like, no, that was in 95, <laughs> dude. I don't have that. That was a couple yeah. couple companies ago, you know. And, and they'll send me, and I'll look at, it'll be like my handwriting, or I've even seen like my dad's handwriting on some orders, and you're like, oh, that's cool, you yeah. know. Yeah. That's so hilarious. Three days ago, and that's just ironic that you brought that up, a guy walks in the shop, and uh, he's got his receipts from 1979. Wow. He brought his Model A four bars in with rubber bushings and said, hey, can you help me? These things are wore out. And I go, oh, how long have you been driving it? Oh, no, I've got it. I've got 100,000 miles on this thing. I'm like, okay. I go, well, you know, I'm sorry, but new technology changed these things, and we, we can't. We have to actually make you bars. We can't, we can't even do that. Um and uh, so he's like, are you kidding me? And I said, I'll tell you what. You know what? We're, we're going to help you out here. We're going to make you some stuff and, and just take care of you here. And he's like, are you kidding? I go, look, you're, you're, you're the epitome of our customer right here. And I go, you, you bought this from Ed in Norwalk right before he moved over here. I go, you're like a legacy customer. We, we got to take care of you. Yeah, that's and totally like, cool. Oh, my God. He's laying out his Super Bell receipt and all the stuff and i'm just going wow wow this is cool this is so cool to see that and uh the bars are rusted i mean uh, the machinist comes over and he goes hey uh i'm supposed to make bars i go yeah here's the one the guy brought in <laughs> 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 he goes it's got rubber bushings in there i go yeah we used to do them that way that was a long time ago by the way yeah. so you know we can't 40 you know, years ago yeah right? so we can't yeah. we can't make anything for this we just replace everything we're just going to make them all this stuff and he's going to put it on the car. He's going to keep driving this damn thing. And, and uh, you know, that's great customer service. And, I mean, there's a story there. Well, right? the funny I mean, thing is he brought up, oh, yeah, I remember when uh, you guys were making stainless four bars with Deuce Factory. And I go, oh, yeah, Roy, Fiesta. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said, yeah, we used, to, we used to share the Batwing mold for him. And Jerry Magnuson was the tooling guy at the foundry that made the stainless really? Batwings for TCI and Deuce Factory. I mean. Okay. You know, this stuff goes deep, man. This is, this is, um, I, yeah. he just brought back, I'm just thinking, wow, you're blowing me off my chair right now, man. Yeah. This is, this is, <laughs> you're, you're bringing me back to my all, youth, uh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny seeing some of the old paperwork and just, you know, when someone mentions, oh, I bought this from such and such, and, you know, it could be someone that's still in the industry, and that's the thing is, too, like, a, you know, I, I still, there's a lot of people that, you know, like yourself, you've been 35 years old, there's a lot of uh, people that I, that have worked for my parents uh 
that are still in the industry that yeah. I knew when I was a little kid, and they're yeah. still in the industry, you know? And it's just, it's kind of cool, yeah. you know? Uh, I think I'm having the most fun now than I've ever had because I get to go out and race cars and get paid for it. So, I mean, I, that was not part of my childhood dream, by You're the like, way. I made it. Yeah, I'm like, all right, that's, <laughs> this is really cool. I get to go out and pull 1.2 Gs in my 71 Camaro this Ooh, weekend. Nice. Yeah, and the, and the company picks up the maintenance bill, you know. It's, <laughs> right. It's all good. You know, we've got a, a race this weekend, actually, so we're obviously all fired up for that. But NMCA at Auto Club Speedway, they've got an autocross, and we've got 10 cars that are going to be out there. So, again, video camera in hand. I'm going right. to try to capture as much as I can. Same thing with the Mike Oakley Model A. You know, you just try to capture those moments. That, that's special. Ten cars out of they, – they basically allow 80 to come in. Oh, wow. So and where's that at? That's – uh, Auto Club Speedway. Oh, okay. So, right next to the go-kart track, right yeah, across the yeah. street from it. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. But, yeah, being that's able to get behind the wheel, come on. That's right. never a bad day behind the wheel. <laughs> we took uh, Steve to K1. Uh, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, K1 karting. Have you guys done that? Oh, yes. yeah. Oh, that's fun, dude. Took him for the first time. He's over there sliding out. He thought it was Mario Kart. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it took him a, no bananas on the show. No, no, no bananas. No power ups. It took him. It took him a couple. It took him about the second race to to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. But when I did, it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was. Yeah, we need to go back. Quite well, a cool well, experience. I, you got you got to come out this weekend, man, and go for a ride in these cars. So. <laughs> we, we've got loaner helmets. You know it. It's a whole different ball of wax than doing 15, 20 mile an hour in a, in a oh, little electric vehicle. Oh, field, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah we, we've I, got some courses that'll be 75, 80 mile an hour. Oh, uh, wow. Second gear, and some of these cars are, you know, 600 wheel horsepower. Oof. So it, it's, it's good You times. should go, dude. I'm yeah. not going to be here. Otherwise, I would go. Yeah. yeah. That sounds fun. <laughs> well, you've seen the good guys autocross. So when yeah. you're in Scottsdale, take a ride with Evan. No, for sure. Because you'll sell everything you got when you get done. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's what I'm worried about. <laughs> I'm totally, wor- but no, I'll do it. I'll, I'll do it. You know, we I'll do be that. There all, I'll be there all day yeah. Saturday, all day Sunday. So yeah. we love doing that. That's part of the deal. When we go to have fun, we give people rides, and you know, people have they have no idea what the hell they're getting themselves no. into. Yeah, because it's that, one thing. I mean, yeah. you yeah. you can watch it. Right. You can sit there and, and yeah. watch it from the stands and go. Okay, those seem to be going pretty fast, but yeah, you don't yeah. know until you're in it. Well, and when you're in the passenger seat, you're not in control. No, you know you're expecting that guy to do what he's supposed to do. And and a good guy's course, it's usually first gear. It's you know not that fast, but you know like in a course this weekend, you know these cars are really getting after it. It's usually a second gear course for most of the course, so um, there, there's some fast yeah. turns in there, and it'll get your adrenaline pumping in the passenger seat. Yeah, and wow. in, in December, remember when uh, Mike Curtis's buddy uh, brought the the Dodge Demon, and you took a ride in oh, it around man. here. Oh, I remember you guys talking about Gosh. that. <laughs> yeah, that thing that was, was crazy. That was a freaking beast of a car, dude. Yeah. This, I, yeah the so car. there's some perspective with Evan's car, the the little sweetie we were talking yeah. about. Yeah. So a friend of Evan's is is got one. Yeah. And on the street, they're almost dead even. So it's really? a testament to oh. the power to weight ratio between those two cars. You know, Evan's car is like 560 wheel horsepower. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's 3,000 pounds. Maybe not with him in it. You know, <laughs> fat, fat joke for Evan. <laughs> but, Settle but, down over there. But, yeah. but, but, no, this, that, that car is, it's wild. And, you know, it, and, and riding in some of those cars, especially the Novas that don't have a lot of tire underneath them, to me, those are the most fun to ride in. You know, the Camaros, they've got a lot of tire and they're controllable to an extent but th- these novas are wild you know they're they're a handful to try to keep them corralled inside these cones how wide of a tire is he running in that so with evan he's got a 275 315 combo most of the camaros okay. have a 315 335 335 combo. yeah yeah 
So, so having that 315 up front definitely makes the, the car turn in quite a bit better. But also, how much more are Camaros weight-wise than the Nova? Uh, actually, our second-gen Camaro is actually lighter than Evan's Nova. Oh, really? 3,400 yeah. pounds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, people ask me all the time, uh, you know, I'm building this Camaro, and it's going to have 800 horsepower. Will your wheels hold up to it? I go, yeah. I, the, it's, yeah. You know, when we test it, it's not horsepower, right? Yeah, right. You know, it's weight. It's, it's cornering, and it's the weight, yeah. you know, and they're... The, you know, the, the, most of the, the like up to five and four and three quarter, you got to test it to fifteen eighty per corner. So it's six thousand pound vehicle, you know. Yeah. So well, and yeah, and pulling one point two Gs, that's exactly and it. And that's exactly what you test for the cornering. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I broke one set of wheels, and I told the manufacturer, I think you better put two welds on that wheel because one didn't cut it. <laughs> we don't have to mention any names. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's, it's, it's yeah. just it, it's amazing. That's the whole thing. I mean, uh, you know, we get guys calling us. Oh, I got a thousand horsepower. I'm like, oh, okay. Nice job. Well, we're gonna hold a thousand horsepower. Yeah. I'm like, well, <laughs> sure. Well, you don't seem too concerned about that. And I said, well, Not first all. of all, trying to hook a thousand horsepower is a pretty daunting task. And yeah. what is it you're going to do with this vehicle? And oh, well, I'm just gonna drive it around. I'm like, then yeah, we we have no concerns whatsoever. If you're trying to go eight seconds, then yeah, that's a you don't want this thirteen thousand dollar chassis to go eight seconds. You want maybe the $20,000 one to do that. Yeah. Then we're um, calling Curry and saying, yeah, all right, we need the 40 <laughs> spined axles and, you know, the floater ends. And, right. Yeah. 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 That's the biggest thing is educating the customers and the misconceptions. That yeah. And have. Well, the, t- the tough one is also the customers that are, you know, smarter than you. Oh, they think they, 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 think they are. Yeah. And, you, <laughs> and, and I've, I've done some special lug drills for people where I'm like, you don't need to do this. Yeah. No, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. And I, I'm like, okay, well, yeah. I'm. You send me the lug nut you want to run, and I'll drill it for whatever you want. Yeah. And I'm like, you know. I've seen you go black and blue in the face sometimes. Are you, uh, not arguing with customers, but, like, debating on yeah. what's best for their yeah, order like, or their rim or, or hub-centric versus lug-centric. Yeah, you know, and, we've and got cars that are just lug-centric that we've gone 160 miles an hour in. Yeah, and, you know, the industry moved moved away, you know, the, or, or moved to a conical, you know, a tapered lug nut, you know, decades and decades yeah. ago, you know. Um, but you get guys that go, no, I'm drag racing this thing. I want this on there. And it's like, okay, <laughs> whatever. I'll drill it for you. You know, I mean. Sign this waiver. Yeah. That's just like. Yeah, I got yeah. a guy that, that had a 50 Chevy pickup. And he, I got a 1,000 horsepower. Okay. And, and I got this quote. And I go, oh, no, we can't say that. He says, why not? And I go, because we're not in the business of killing people. I said, you, you got a $50,000 engine and you want a $10,000 chassis? Uh, never mind. We're not going to kill you. I said, we, we, you let somebody else do that. You go buy that somewhere else. Yeah. The guy, the guy just totally baffled. And uh, I said, no, no, you, you, you don't understand. We, we're not going to do this. And we don't need the money that bad. We just can't do this. And he's like, I don't understand. And I'm, I'm like, I'll tell you what. You know, you need to really think about this because we're, we're just not interested in, in hurting anybody. And you... You know, if you're not going to get the right application for what your the power you got, then, you know, we just we just can't help you here. And uh, so he ended up and, you know, I, I told the sales guy, I said, just, just throw the quote away, man. We're, we're not interested in this guy. Calls back an hour later and I want to talk to that guy that turned me down. And and I'm like, no, we're, we just can't do this. You know, you're, I said, look, I'm not a salesman. I, I'm a sales engineer. If you want to buy what's appropriate. And you want to stop and you know be safe i said you know we'll build your chassis that'll do all those things but 
you know, come on, man. I, I'm, I'm, you know, we can't just do this stuff. So, you know, that like you're saying, the wheels. Your your job is to keep people safe, make yeah, sure they're doing I'm right. Not, and I've, right I've told things. people no many, many times. And you know, when someone wants a special lug drill for certain style lug nuts, I'll do it. But I, you try to tell them that, like, look, the way we drill it right now is better than what you want to do. Yeah. Nothing wrong with what you want to do, but you're going to pay more money. You know, and there's been some shady stuff where people go, well, no, just cut this center out and put it in this rim and, and do this. And I'm like, no, I'm not. That's not safe. Well, such and such was going to do it for me. Yeah. Hey, and you almost <laughs> want to such and such do it. For you, you almost <laughs> want to call such and such and go, I can't believe you're doing that stuff. You know, I've yeah, I've seen some real shaky stuff come into here because it's been somewhere else and it's yeah. come here. And you go, what? I can't believe who did this. I want to talk to this guy. Right. What's going on here? Oh, Names, yeah. numbers, let's get out. Oh, man, I've seen stuff. One guy wanted me to do refinish his wheels, and I go, well, I can't do anything with these. Who welded this? The guy welded it so hot it collapsed all the metal on the outside, and there was visible holes. And he goes, well, man, he goes, I, I, he had like something like 1500 bucks in a rehoop of two wheels because like, it was some 28-inch or It was some crazy. The rims alone were 500 bucks a piece. And I go, watch this. And... I just picked one of the holes and I sprayed some Windex on there and I got the air hose and it just blew it all out the front. And he goes, Oh my gosh. I go, no, your wheels are junk, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So we had to, he would luckily got his money back and we went and we, uh, we cut those centers out, put brand new rim shows on it and had them welded properly. And you know, yeah. So you mentioned size too. I, I, you know, I follow pretty much everybody on social and it's, I, I see that, 30 inch wheels oh you know where where is the limit you know i i, well, I don't know i can always is. tell it's sema time around here between me and mike uh, curtis who shot mike's got, got a so i think he's got a couple 30s over there right now being welded oh, man. so if you guys want to go check them i don't even know what they're over there we'll check them out <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i know i mean we've all seen the the pictures that the parents do with their little kids sitting in the hoop i know but when an adult can almost get in there yeah i got a yeah, i posted there. a yeah. i posted a picture not too long ago yeah, where i was hiding. hiding hiding in one of those rims it was laying on the ground yeah yeah and kind of said it's like uh-huh. i don't know and and those things aren't those rim shells aren't a cheap date at all I some bet. of them are fi- just the rim shell alone they're five six seven hundred bucks yeah it's crazy well, you know it's amazing too with these bigger wheels that the rotating mass the weight of that is you know yeah. I, i'm going to put these $10,000 set of wheels on my car, but I'm going to have the $500 worth of brakes. Uh, well, you know, you're not going to stop very fast, but, uh, you know, you got to. If you're going with, if you're, yeah, I, I just, I really, I, I don't, I don't like when people, you know, half-ass different aspects of it. I always just tell people, hey, look, dude, you know, you just spent $4,000 with me on t- uh, wheels, and you're asking about tires, and I'm giving you my suggestion, and you said, yeah, but those those Michelins, you know, or, or, or those Pirellis, those are expensive. And they throw out some name of a tire that I've never even heard of. Yeah. And, and, and they're like, oh, he goes, yeah, but they're 100 bucks a piece. I go, dude, you don't want to do that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, you, you don't want to do that. I mean, why would you wrap $4,000 in wheels with $100 tires? It's like a really nice a pair move, of with athletic shoes and putting Velcro on them, you know? Like, you just wouldn't do that. No. Yeah. I, <laughs> no, I mean, it's just like, I mean... Even if they are a halfway decent tire, they're probably going to wear after 5,000 miles or something. Yeah. 10,000 miles are junk. Paying for it in the end. Yeah. Nah. And then you might end up screwing your, your, your rim up because, you know, you have a blowout or something. Just, well, yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's talk tire. safety that's behind that, too. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. 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 You get what you pay for you yeah. know, in this industry. What's a scrub line? 
<laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no it's... Uh, oh, you know, hey, God bless everybody that wants hot rod parts. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, God loves hot riders. But, you know, at the end of that, that's why we're all here, right? Just to educate people and make sure they're aware of what they're doing. And uh, just because they saw somebody else do it doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's... Uh, you know, I just... We have story after story of me and my buddy or my buddy had this, my buddy had that. And, and you know, that's all great. But um, at the end of the day, it's like, okay, well, we just we just want to keep you safe. Yeah. Uh, and make sure you're doing the right things and, you know, you don't spend money you don't need to and you, everything's appropriate for what you're trying to do. And the last thing you want to do is spend the kind of money you are. And then somebody says, oh, well, God, how come you have those brakes or how come you have this yeah. or that? And you know, it's not right for the build or whatever, you know. So people are really look to, to companies now to get advice. I mean, uh, working with a guy with a Camaro, he, he just doesn't know, you know. He's, he's and, and, you know, it's not a bad thing, it's, but, you know, he needs guidance. He says, man, I got a budget. And I'm like, well, okay, but, you know, if you're going to build a, that kind of power, you need brakes to complement that, to be safe. And, you know, here's here's truly what you really need. And if you can't afford it, right now that's fine just save your money till you get to that point you know and then get to get the right stuff and because uh, you don't want uh, you don't want to spend money twice if you're on a budget right you got to make sure you get your dollars worth and get the right stuff for your car and that's what we're here for is to make sure that everything's right for your build and what you're doing and uh, you know i'm sure the wheel deal's no different yeah i mean i talked to a lot of people that you know and some of them i remember but they'll call me i had a guy this week that said Hey, he goes, yeah, how much is that set? And he goes, well, you quoted me in, uh, a year ago. And he goes, I messed up. He goes, I went and bought such and such wheels, some one-piece Chinese wheels, and they didn't fit. He goes, I bought them because they were cheap. They were 1500 bucks for the wheels and tires. And the set he wanted to buy for me, it was going to be like 3800 bucks before tires. And he's like, yeah, but they, they rub in the front and this and that. And he goes, you know, I should have just saved up a couple more bucks because he's all now here i am i've circled back the wheels don't look good on my car they're, they're, yeah. they're rubbing i'm out i'm out money. He's, he's already out and then what's he gonna sell the 1500 dollars wheel and tire combo for now with used tires and and this and that what's he gonna get six eight seven hundred bucks for him so you know i mean lucky. yeah i just try to educate you know um I just try to educate people, try to inform them. I mean, a lot of times they'll ask me fitment questions. And years ago, we used to have a sales guy that he would get frustrated because people would call us because we knew all the fitments. They'd call and, well, what backspace would you run on this vehicle? Hmm. And he would, he, would follow, he would get their number and he'd follow up with them. And then he'd find out that he'd be pissed because they'd go buy whatever x company's wheels yeah. they just called us for the fitment information. information so he started going oh you want fit yeah you want to know what fits that car can i have your credit card number please <laughs> you know yeah. i'm like hey you can't do that but <laughs> you know because i'd rather be i mean you know you'd like to be the guy that sells every set of wheels to everybody but you also want to be the guy that people know you have the answer well i'm gonna come to people you, you know? respect that in the end too because i mean it, it's uh you know, I'm not the cheapest. You're not the cheapest. That that's not why we're here. It's it, we're here to build a good quality product, give value to the you know what people are spending their hard-earned money. And at the end of the day, you know, I, I go home sleep every night. Don't have any problem doing that. You know, because we're selling value and yeah. people get what they pay for. And the and you know, I've I've told people all along, even if I don't sell you anything today, and and that's not for your application. You know, they're gonna tell their friends, yeah, I called those guys, but man, they didn't have anything to fit. But they told me, hey, you know what? go to this guy or you know somebody else can help you out or 
you know, or, or just flat out not going to fit, then we're not going to sell it to you because it's not the right application. Yeah. So. No, that's good because, like I said, I, 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 you want them to call and you want you want to have the answers. And, and, and a lot of times you're educating yourself. You know, every, you know, every once in a while someone will bring up a scenario you've, you, you haven't come across yet. You kind of figure it out with them, you know, so. Yeah, well. they, thank God for the Internet, huh? Right? Oh, man. I, I think about two ways. Every time I take a picture, like someone goes, oh, um, you know, whatever, just take a picture of something center I got here. You know, I'm, I got this here. Or send me a picture by Wheels in Progress. You know, before it used to be like, you know, we talk about all the time, right? Yeah. Developing film. And <laughs> next thing you know, that, that, that wheel sale that now is happening in minutes because you just sent the guy a picture. Yep, that's one I want. And here's my credit card number. Before it was like weeks. Yeah. You know, and then the pictures wouldn't come out. <laughs> no, not a really good customer of ours out of Minnesota, you know, messaged me the other day and says, hey, can you give me a measurement? Sure. Walk out there and we've got a display and I needed a frame head to be able to get the measurement he needed. And yeah, I, I can message that right to him. Here's the tape measure. Problem Here's solved. Done. Right. You know, something simple, easy, but yeah, that instant gratification. Yeah. Well, it's good on the answers, but... Well, hey, uh, to switch it up, because it's not so instant gratification, uh, how's your C-Twin build coming? Because oh. I, I, I was looking on an Instagram before Checking we it out. Yeah, yeah. That's Slowly but surely. Um, you know, it's it, it started out literally as a little snowball, and that thing is a glacier now. Um, you know, it's a little bit of backstory on it. It was the vehicle that we used to design all of our C-10 product line for. Um, and now it's going to be our, our chassis design. So we've got a chassis sitting next to it right now that we're going to build a, a, a stock rail, and then we're going to build a step rail. But, you know, this truck started out just as a, a mild build. You know, we were just going to make a driver out of it. And uh, I don't know, I'm, I got a little carried away on it. You know, <laughs> I, I started looking at the engine placement, and I knew that we were going to autocross with it. Maybe not aggressively, whatever, but I was a pickup, its, it's worst attribute is... Um, the a weight displacement, you know, they're usually 60% of the weight on the front end. Um, so Ed, the, the owner of TCI and we were out there one night and, you know, he, he's helping me move the engine back a couple inches. It didn't take much to do that. We say just, it looks more than a couple. So, so yeah, it's a, it's a progression. So, you know, we, we modified the firewall a little bit, um, you know, took a BFH to it and, and moved it back. It was like three inches from where it normally would sit. Okay. And we put it up on the scales and, and, it, it didn't change. The, the weight distribution was the same. I mean, it changed maybe 10, 15 pounds. So we both kind of scratched our head. All right, well, let's push it back to six. So now that required us to cut the firewall. So we got the plasma out, cut the firewall, pushed it back a little bit, put it back on the scales. It was a little better. I think it was maybe now 40 pounds or something total from front to back. Well, that's not enough either. So we pushed it back to 10 inches. Now we were starting to see something. Well, the problem was, is now it was back so far into the firewall that we couldn't put the engine in with a cherry picker. At least it was going to be really, really awkward the way that, you know, you'd have to put the cherry picker right at the front of the engine. It would be way angled down. It was just going to be really awkward. So Ed made the suggestion, well, let's build a cradle and have it come in from the bottom. Well, the problem was at 10 inches, now the whole accessory drive is going to run into the cross member. So we pushed it back to 12. So now it was clearance. It was no big deal, whatever. So put it up in there, kind of tacked in some engine mounts. We actually took it to the Brothers Truck Show in 2018 uh, with it like that, with it about 12 inches. Yeah, that's uh, a good shot right there. So, All yeah, right. so if you if you go on Instagram and look at hashtag C-Twin, you'll see a bunch of pictures of the truck. But, you know, we, we ended up going back a couple more inches because 
now we're running into a situation where it, it actually was going to help us with some of the steering going back even a little bit more. So we settled literally on 15 inches. Wow. wow. Um, and, and that creates other complications too, but you know, th those things kind of took the back seat to everything else. Uh, we, we went to the junkyard, we cut up a, an Astrovan. So we took literally a whole shroud of an Astrovan uh, and the cover, the fiberglass cover, and grafted it really? to that truck. Um, so the first question everybody asks is, how are you going to work on that thing? My first joke is always, it's an LS, you don't need to. Okay. <laughs> but the second joke is, is, you know, there's two latches, two 5.8 bolts, and the thing can come out. Um, and, and, again, it just kind of morphed into other things, too. So the, the pinch weld, I, I've seen so many good-looking trucks over the years, and you see that side profile shot, and you see the pinch weld hanging below the door, and to me it ruins the whole side shot of the truck. And, and I apologize for anybody out there that's built gorgeous trucks that left the pinch weld there, but to me, once you're going to that level, every little detail is yeah. going to come into play. So I, I basically just rolled it over, just kind of went in there, bent it up, and started looking back at it. Realized that I was going to be able to do something with the pinch wheel now that it was rolled over. Um, down the road, I'll, I'll come back to that. But so, you know, we started looking at aerodynamics. We realized real quick that trucks are a vending machine, you know, so there, there might be a future fabrication too. maybe chopping the roof a little bit. I don't want to take away from the looks of the C10. It's seriously one of the best looking trucks that Chevrolet ever built. Uh, so I don't want to take away from that. Um, but we do need the thing to be aerodynamic. Um, so through all of that, we got, you know, quite a bit of people on board with helping us out with the truck. So we ended up having um, some turbos mounted and, you know, with the engine back as far as it is, everybody says, well, why aren't the turbos underneath the hood? Well, again, why would I want to add weight to the front? Yeah. So, and, you know, I mentioned that a little bit in our original conversation that I'm a turbo guy through and through. You know, I, I've owned a number of turbo cars over the years. And so I've got some experience there, and I ended up just basically mounting them right behind the bed. Now, they're underneath the bed floor, or not behind the bed, behind the cab underneath the bed floor. Um, so I'm trying to put as much weight towards the back of the truck, but not necessarily behind the back axle. Again, trying to centralize as much of the weight that I can. Um, you know, we, we ended up completely boxing the stock chassis, put our front and rear suspension in it. Um, we realized that it wasn't going to be low enough. So we ended up stepping the rails, uh, about six inches, which means we had to section all the, uh, the bed as well up six inches. I wanted the floor to hide everything, uh, which I'm kind of going away from now. It's like, now there's so much cool stuff under the bed. I want to be able to see it. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I'm obviously forgetting, but the roll pan, you know, we highly modified the roll pan too, cause we're going to make a diffuser. Um, you know, I've never seen this done before, but when you, when you section the bed at the very back where the tailgate is, when you open the tailgate, you've got this, this wall there that's just empty because if the bed floor is raised, yeah. you know, the tailgate's still six inches or eight inches down below that. So I actually sectioned the tailgate and brought it up to now pivot. So the tailgate, when it's open, that floor is level with the bed floor. So what that allowed me to do is raise the roll pan too. And again, we're trying to exit, get the air to exit the back of the truck cleanly and smoothly um, and maybe even create a little bit of downforce. Um, now, the last time I scaled it, it was almost dead even 50-50. It's a long way to go. We don't have any glass in it. There's still no, no. rotating assembly in the mock-up block that we have. There's no radiator. So what's the, um, what's the, do you have, a, uh, I'm just trying to, the way he sorted this. I'm looking for an updated picture because it seems like May. So the, I, the last time I scaled it, um, it was it was like right at 2,000 pounds. So that gives you an idea of how much stuff still needed to go back in it. Okay. Because um, it, it's going to be heavy. It's probably going to be 3,500 pounds or more once it's completely yeah. all back together. But um, 
you know, again, it just kind of snowballed. So the, the radiator is going to lay down to 45 degrees, um, which will be behind the intercooler. The intercooler will be sandwiched into the core support. Um, U.S. radiators making us a special uh, uh, radiator for it. So as the outlets of the fans, uh, they're going to be dual 16s. They're just going to go out through the hood. Um, so, again, with aerodynamics, we're trying to make it as aerodynamic as we, we can. Um, but, uh, but coming back to the pinch weld, so we did a body drop on it, three-quarter inch. So what we wanted it was the bottom of the cab to be maybe an eighth of an inch above the bottom of the frame. Um, and the reason for that is, you know, if something ever hits underneath, it's going to hit the frame before anything else. Um, and, and we ended up putting RideTech shockwaves on it. They got us the Ride Control 10 system for it, so it's all digital. Uh, we had no intention on putting airbags on it. Uh, but it just made sense you know we want to tow with this thing you yeah. know maybe not in an extreme case but some of the local fontana events um, you know be able to put one of the camaros or little sweetie on the back you yeah. know how cool that'd be to roll in there with right. yeah. the yeah. truck <laughs> and unload the car and then disconnect the trailer and then race the truck too but again i, I the, the truck probably on any high level it's not going to compete but we want to be able to do a few things we do want to be able to autocross with it I, I i'd love to be able to have that thing win an nmca championship um which is a tall task. You know, we've got to go up against some very strong C10s um, and, and even a couple of what people would consider the cheaters, but the, the Rancheros. Okay. So, um, you know, the, the, the C10R competes in that. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with PCH rods and the C10R that they yeah. build. Um, you know, high-level builds that we'd be going up against. So that, that's a tall order to be able to do something like that. But we want to do some drag racing with it. Um, I, I'd really like to do some standing mile. I don't know if I'm going to have the cojones to stand on that thing for a mile. So, you know, this guy might be the one behind so the wheel. Do it. <laughs> but, you know, the ultimate plan for it is maybe 140, 145 mile an hour in the quarter. I'm not putting an ET on it because it's, it's probably never going to be slicked down and skinnies up front. It's never going to be in that situation. Yeah. It'll be in like a pro touring scenario. So it's never going to ET extremely well. So let's say 140, 145 in the quarter, 170 in the half mile and 200 in a full mile. And I'd like to do that literally in a standing. So it's one thing to go to Bonneville and have a five-mile runout or a seven-mile runout um, or El Mirage. No intentions on putting this thing on dirt or salt. Um, so this will be an acceleration test, no doubt about it. So it's going to take some power. Um, we're not going to lean on it that hard. It, the turbos that we're running on it are fairly small. They're 62s, 62s. But um, the, the engine's all scat rotating assembly, AFR heads. Of course, all Holly components, nice. their sheet metal intake manifold, their full Terminator uh, ECU. So it, it's going to have a lot of data inputs. I think they've got 32 inputs available on that Holly ECU. So I'll even be able to put drive shaft speeds. I could probably even put wheel speeds on there. Um, the turbos that are equipped with it right now don't have shaft speed, but eventually we might be able to do that too to, to add the, the shaft speed of the turbo on there as well. But we shouldn't have to lean on it. I, I would imagine maybe 17 or 18 pounds of boost, of boost with the weight that it has. Um, it, it should get it done for all of that. So, I mean, if we want to put it on kill, you know, put some E85 in it and let it eat, you know, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But, but that's tough on an engine. You know, a, a full standing mile, you know, you're on the throttle for 25 or so seconds. You know, there's a lot of heat created there, a lot of friction. So, but, uh, but no, it's exciting. You know, it's something that, that you know, again, I never ex expected it to grow to what it is. But, but I'm excited to see where it goes and get it out there. You know, who knows when it's so, going to be done. But. Sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. When are, you gonna, when are you guys trying to get it done? So we'll, we'll more than likely debut it um, at SEMA. 
um, just don't know which year. You know, we're we got a really good working relationship with um, with Magnaflow. You know, they did their little revolver pickup with our chassis underneath it, and that truck was super fun to work with. And um, so the, the the hope is that it's at the level to be in their booth once it's finished. Um, but but there's there's plenty of high level companies that are involved. You know, like I mentioned, the Rytec it's going to have some monster wheelwood brakes on it. Curry's involved. They're building us a fantastic f9 rear ended with floater hubs and 35 spline axles and you know turbonetics is involved with it yeah i gotta ask i did see some wheels on there whose wheels you're running so they're they're supposed to be intros okay so we did a c10 with them a couple years ago um with the guys from demented customs in new mexico okay uh so jose actually has a c10 and we got him some suspension for that so um, that the, you'll see a bunch of different pictures. We've got anything yeah. I noticed from, you had, on one of them you had shot wheels yes. on there. So yeah. currently it has two different sets of shot wheels. They they got us some for a display that we took to Louisville. They happen to be the right offset, so threw them on there to get it around the shop. But it's had uh, American Racing on it. It's had bullet specialties on. It. Like any random car in the shop, if I need to move it around, I I steal them and we'll go to a show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, throw them on there. But but ultimately, yeah, it's it's um, it's going to have intros on it. Okay. Um, you know, they've got. Uh, ID 313s. It's kind of a mesh wheel, you know, pro terrain look yeah. wheel. And, you know, going back to the size thing, we're, we're kind of limited to 18s with what we do. As much as the 20s look fantastic on the C10s. Yeah, 18s, 18s, I mean, for performance wise with the tire selections, yeah, right? The 200 tread wear deal. 19s, there's some options there too, but it's hard to get a 335 and a 19 yeah. with with at least something that works well. You know, Bridgestone, their RE71 is a fantastic tire in a 19, but it's only a 305. Some would argue that it probably turns as well as a 335 from BFG or, you know, anybody else or a 315 from Falcon. But, but uh, yeah, we're going to try to run 18 by 12s on all four corners. Oh, nice. 335s, all four corners. Uh, and, again, it's basically our – yeah, the frame's high, heavily modified, but it's still our suspension that's underneath it and, of course, massive setback on the engine. But – but we're hoping to take it to Scottsdale. You know, it, it's the cab's raw steel right now, so is the frame. But it's already got surface rust, so th- there's no point in doing anything other than just taking it out there as is. We're still going to have to get it blasted. Yeah. So it, it might go out there in raw steel form. But So are you going to be out at Scottsdale? I, I will. I'll be at Dino's. Um, okay. So me and one other guy will be at Dino's, and then we'll come back uh, probably Saturday afternoon to okay. good guys. Well, then I'll see but you there. Sal, you're gonna you're going out. I'm, there? I'm not gonna be able to make that trip. I'm having a shoulder surgery. Oh, really? Um, on November eighth, actually, on February. The, that's uh, a Friday. Of that's SEMA. the Friday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm. I'm so yeah, uh, the next making it out time. the next week would be kind of yeah, tough, right? So that, well, who knows? I mean, I broke my leg and I missed two days of work. So, <laughs> um, and, and I went out in autocross with one leg with a car had automatic in it <laughs> with a nice. cast on. So. Uh, you never know, but yeah, I'm not planning on it. These guys, you know, that's a big show for us. Dino's a lot of, you know, all C10, so yeah, quite an opportunity for us to see. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see go. See what the market's doing, and you know, introduce. We have a square body that we bought called Ivy League, and uh, it's on Instagram. Yeah. I bought that at the Pomona Swap Meet from the Square Body Syndicate guys, and uh, brought it home. We we put all our suspension on it. Uh, put a ls motor in it six-speed transmission in it uh we we finished it took it to louisville took it to good guys in columbus ohio and uh, making the rounds with it so the deal is to you know just attend the truck shows i mean chevy trucks for us from 1939 all the way up to 87 are just 
off the hook. <laughs> so we have to have trucks that, you know, go out and represent the business. And, uh, you know, th there isn't one damn thing on that truck that he's talking about isn't modified. So yeah, I was uh, looking at the pictures. You know, so yeah, we, they're yeah. opposite spectrum. Yeah. Ivy League is a great little driver. Yeah. You know, he kind of downplayed that LS engine. It, it actually is a powerful little engine. But that truck is so much fun to drive. You know, it's simple. It rides fantastic. We, we did actually some video on it when we first got it with it had spindles and springs. And the thing was terrible. I mean, going 25, 30 mile an hour down the street on a smooth street, it was fine. You never notice yeah. it. But, man, you get into anything else. So we, we mounted a GoPro on the bumper and looked underneath, and, you know, we took it down the street. and Got we, we knew sparks where some, flying. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> sparks going everywhere. So the cross member was, you know, half an inch of it ground off just wow. from hitting ground. So, you know, now you can go down the freeway at 75 mile an hour, 80 not mile an hour. Not worry about it, right? And it ain't no thing. You know, it stops, it turns, it, it does not drive nice. around, you know. No, that's cool. It's not a car anymore. It's a truck. I mean, uh, it. I'm sorry. It's a car, yeah, not yeah. a truck. Yeah, yeah. Drives like a car. Has a rack and pinion in it. Very responsive. Uh, it had bucket seats in it. Um, you know, we put uh, later a three point seat belt in it to make sure we stay in the seat when we, you know, <laughs> yank on the steering wheel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but at the end of the day, it's, uh, you know, it represents what we do. And then, you know, our biggest thing is to not. You know, having over-the-top cars is one thing, and we have a few of those. Uh, but, you know, the common guy that wants to fix up his vehicle and have some fun and enjoy the, this industry is, you know, we, you have to be able to be humble and stay I think that's grounded and uh, make yeah. sure that, you know, people don't look at your stuff. Oh, my God, I, I don't. that's so crazy. Um, so we're, we're just trying to make sure that we're, you know, that we're in tune with the marketplace and the average guy and, and that that's our big customer. I mean, that's the majority. Yeah. I was going to say because it's you know, uh, we all appreciate the high dollar builds. I mean, those are cool. Those get a lot of attention. But you know, the average people that we deal with, they're the drivers. You know, yeah. They're drivers. They yeah. and they, you know, I mean, uh, that's why I try to offer a range of wheels at different price points um, to try to accommodate everybody. You know. Yeah, and people want. I mean, you know, they see what you know bitching looks like, and they want it, and. And then you have to talk about practical. I mean, I can't tell you how many guys I've told to, you know, well, how's my car going to drive? Well, like a BMW. What, what do you mean like a BMW? Well, it's a luxury car, handles really good. It, it'll, you'll fill a few of the potholes because uh, it has low profile tires on it. And, uh, you know, it'll be a sports car. And, oh, okay. Like that? Yeah, just like that. And, and okay, so that, that, oh, that's interesting. I said, yeah, because, you know, how do you compare the technology, you know, today? And, and uh, it's, it's not like we're building luxury cars, but at the end of the day, you start putting a 35 series tire on a 68 Camaro or, a, you know, any vehicle, pickup truck, whatever, and uh, you're, you're going to feel the road. I'm sorry. There's no way around that. Yeah. And uh, unless you let all the air out of the tires. And, you well, know. And, I mean, then that goes back to the tire conversation because when you buy really, really cheap tires and it's a 30, 35 series, <laughs> you feel everything. But, you know, I mean, I, I've ran some of the Michelins uh, and, you know, some of the Pirellis that are low profile. And they're, you know, they're nice. You, you can tell the difference. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, uh uh, get, I think what you, the get what you thing, pay for. Yeah, well, and and uh, that's that's the whole thing. I mean, uh, even even the wheels. You know, you people are making. You know, guy today was talking about a, 
you know, Camaro with 19s. And then he's telling me, oh, I'm going to drive it around L.A. and there's potholes. And I go, well, then you probably don't want 19s. Yeah. And he's, well, Go down the 18s. Uh, get a little, you know. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, I literally had to go on tire rack and because and, he didn't want the car super low. And so I had to pick out tires for him and say, okay, you have to stay in this, right around this range here, right around 25 and a half to 26 inches tall to get the vehicle ride good to where you can, you know, drive through a pothole instead of stopping before you get to it and uh, be careful with that. So, you know, again, it goes back to really educating the customer because they're, their wants and needs and, and reality are not all the same no, thing. And, and, uh, and I tell people all the time, you know, uh, what's, what size tire are you trying to run? Well, I haven't looked at that. And I go, you need to look at that because I can make a wheel for any tire that they sell out there right now. You know, let's, let's start at your brakes. Make sure we can, you know, look at the minimum diameter is uh, for wheels. And then let's go to ti- the tire route, you know, so. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a. Uh, you've been doing wheels a long time. Educating, I mean, you, yeah. educating customers. I, you know, I like the one they go. I want to get a twenty-two by fifteen, and I go, "What tire are you going to run?" Well, I don't know. I haven't looked at it. I go, "They don't make one." You know, not for a lower truck. Oh, really? And I go, "Yeah." yeah. You know. Yeah. So I, I, you know, because I've had people. I mean, because there are companies that will will make you whatever. Yeah. They, they don't care. I mean, they don't ask questions, yeah. and it's like. Yeah, I bought these whatever company, and they made them for me, but there's no tires, and they won't take them back. And I oh, I could put a new rim on it for you. You got the money for those trick wheels. You probably have the money to get somebody to make you tires. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That seemed, <laughs> Only a, a few. Making a custom tire like that seems like it, it wouldn't. Uh, yeah. That would not be uh, a cheap types. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, what? Let's let's wrap things up here, but yeah. I want to I want to you guys. So the rest of you, you're not exhibiting at, at, at SEMA, but you're going to be there because you have vehicles there. Yeah, we always and try you to gotta, support. So you're going to have a you got a busy been the, the next three weeks. You're going to be busy for for the month of November for sure. Yeah, with that many cars going this weekend to the autocross, you know, I'll probably spend a whole week just editing videos after that. Yeah, um, and we're already trying to prepare for SEMA and make sure that we've got video crews lined up to cover as many cars that we can. Right Hopefully, on. all of them um so you know yeah it's definitely the november is very busy for us yeah well right on well maybe we'll, you, are you going to be out there so yeah i'm, I'm like i said i'm going to have my surgery so this will be the first oh time. you're gonna okay oh, so yeah you get yeah. right you're, you're having the surgery yeah right right at that the week of sema so i'm gonna pass and uh, you're gonna okay yeah, take it off yeah so <laughs> I, I, i'm gonna miss for the first time and god knows how long but uh you know at the end of the day uh, the, these guys can handle it we got, yeah we got a good crew and that's good uh, and i don't even little... have to worry about racing anymore i mean i i've been doing it for a long time and uh you know, now we got customers that are really successful doing it. So, uh, yeah, I get I get to stay home and try and. Right uh, well, good luck on your surgery. Yeah, man. good luck on recovering. Man. Yeah, and then get get you back behind the wheel before back, long, man, so you can uh, play with cars. Yeah, uh-huh. right. Well, and I'm definitely gonna hit you up uh, in Scottsdale. Yeah, come find me. Go for a ride in Evan's little car. Yeah. So. Yeah, where where can uh, our listeners find you guys on uh, social media? Uh, so TCI Engineering on Instagram and Total Cost Involved on uh, on Facebook. Uh, we're also on Twitter as well. So TCI Engineering cool. is there. So cool, cool. If you just do TCI Engineering on any of them, we'll come up. So cool. we're also on right YouTube on. as TCI Muscle, uh, trying to push as much as we can from the video end of things, from install manuals to some of these events that we're covering. So a lot of stuff happening there. And the Mike Oakley video I mentioned too. So that yeah. little Model A, 40-year-old build, uh, you know, 
cool little 10 minute video on that's that cool one. that's great well that's we good. appreciate you guys coming out thank yeah, you very much this was good a lot of a lot of awesome. good stories being shared and information so yeah, yeah yeah keep up the good work let's go another 45 years yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah put it into our kids now <laughs> yeah right, right on right yep. on well uh sal Jason, again, thank you guys for joining thank us. It's been a great pleasure. Yeah, Chris. Oh yeah, another great Always podcast. Good time. Yeah, this was fu- this was fun. Yep. Yeah. Right. Well, I think it's about that time. Maybe it's beer o'clock for us. I don't know if you for you guys. Hopefully, you guys, yeah. hopefully you guys were listening to one, uh, having one while you guys were listening. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, make sure to tune in again next time. Uh, Till then, we will uh, see you guys around. Sal, Jason, thanks for coming again. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Yeah. See you. All right, guys. Good night.